I want to start with a question. And the question is this. Have you ever wondered why some people, uh, you know, they, they, they start following Jesus, right? They get saved, get born again, whatever terminology you want to use. And, and some people, they get saved and then they stick with Jesus. They stick with God. And they just, I mean, through thick and thin. And then there's others who kind of flake out. Never wonder that. Ever think about that? Maybe in your own life, you can look back through different seasons and you're like, I was, I was, I was really doing well and then I, I kind of flaked out and then I came back and then, you know what I'm saying? Whatever terminology you want to put around it. But do you ever wonder why that happens? Like, why do some people make it and others don't? Now, I believe that nobody's story is completely written until Jesus says it's done. And so whether somebody's in a low or a high, I, I have never, I, I don't lose hope for people. You know what I'm saying? You might currently be in a low spot. Your story's still being written. God's still working on all of us, okay? So there's, there's hope. But at the same time, it's like, what is, what is that ebb and that flow? What's that up and that down? Why do some, man, y'all listen. Dude, I've grown up in church, okay? Uh, 38 now. I mean, literally born, you know, in, in, not physically born in church, but I was in a hospital. But you know what I'm saying. I was raised in church. And uh, so many of my friends, close, close, close friends, man, they flake out. And I'm like, man, what's, what's going on there? Today, I want to talk about that because, again, it's going to lead into our foundation series. But this first step, this first understanding, I believe that if we can have this understanding, it will help us understand not just other people, but understand what's going on in our own hearts. And it's uh, going to be in Matthew 13. It's the parable of the sower and the seed, all right, the four different types of soil. How many of y'all have heard this before? Yeah, many of you, many of you. For some of you, this is the first time. It's going to be good, all right? This is a, a teaching that Jesus gives, and the setup basically is that Jesus is teaching people. They start crowding in. He gets in a boat. He backs into the water a little bit, and then he teaches the people on the shore, all right? So picture what's going on, man. You know, throngs of people, and Jesus is teaching all of these people who are gathering together. They're interested in, in what Jesus is doing. This, this teacher, this rabbi, he's doing all these special things. And, um, you know, if you remember last year, we, we began the year talking about the Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus was teaching the people what it actually looked like to follow him. So there's a lot of people who were excited about this new stuff that was going on with this guy named Jesus, and he's doing the supernatural stuff. And so there's just a lot of crowds of people, but then Jesus begins to put in some guidelines, if you will, of what it actually looks like to be a disciple of Christ. He's like, hey, you want to be a part of the kingdom? Well, this is what it actually looks like to, to, to follow me. And of course, those those filters begin to strain out some followers because it's not as exciting whenever you're following somebody, whenever they begin to put like things on you to do or be. It's like, oh man, just let me be me, you know? And so Jesus here is like, hey, I got some things to say. All right, I got some stuff I need to say. So he's on a boat and he's talking to the people. Let's pick it up at verse three. And uh, he told them many things in parables, which are stories. And he says this, this parable to them. And he says, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. 
Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. Man, what a, what a sermon, huh? <laughs> Can you imagine some people are like sitting there like, okay, and go on. And he's like, if you have a, an ear, let, then hear what I just said. It's like a riddle, right? It's a riddle. And so, and honestly, some people kind of get it and some people don't. Even in what I just said right there, some of you are like, and? What you feel, that's what a lot of people are feeling right there. He's like, if you have an ear, if, if you're ready to hear what I have to say, then, then listen, lean in, pay attention. Because what I'm saying is important, but there's only some people who are going to pay attention. There's only some people who are going to hear it. And there's even less people who are going to hear it and actually like be it. And so we go on, verse 10. His disciples came after he's done and they said, hey, Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak in stories? He said to them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who is not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they don't hear, nor do they understand. Verse 14, indeed in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, now he's, he's quoting Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. He says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn. Basically, if they could understand, if they could see, they would turn. They, their lives would change. They would, they would live differently, and I would heal them. We talk a lot about the patterns that God has for us to live in. And he's like, if you live according to these patterns, if you, if you obey, then it's going to be better for you. It's for our good and his glory. And so that's what I see there. But verse 16 says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. A lot of words, right? A lot of twists and turns. Basically, Jesus here is saying true disciples will hear, believe, and endure, and false disciples will not. Now, there's a whole lot of people with a whole lot of ideas theologically about whether, you know, someone who followed Jesus in a certain part of their life and, dis, you know, quit, quit on God and quit following Jesus, were they ever even saved in the first place? There's a whole lot of, like, theological arguments and and like, I'm not going there today, but for some of you, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, true and false disciples, lean in. Well, I'm not, this is the deal. God, God is the judge. God, God sets the standard. He knows how all that works. And, um, and all I know is that uh, there are those who are going to endure to the end and those who are not. And every one of us individually are gonna stand before God and give account for our lives. And so here's the deal. This isn't about pointing fingers at other people. This is about pointing the finger right here. Am I a true disciple? Uh, you know, a lot of times we pick on the Pharisees. We pick on the people who they crucified Jesus. And we're like, we would have never done that. 
We would have been, the tr you know, I would have been right. I would have been laying my head upon the breast of Jesus. You know, I would have been John. There wasn't a lot of Johns, okay? There was a lot of people who left when G all, all the things weren't pointing in the right direction for their lives, you know, according to the plan of God for their life didn't look so good. They, they rolled out. So let's not have so much spiritual pride today. You know, let, let's, let's humble ourselves in what's going on and what Jesus is saying. Why do some respond and some don't? Why do some respond to the seed? By the way, the seed is the word of God. It's the gospel, okay? Why do some respond to the word of God and others don't? Well, Jesus is going to explain this, and this is where we're going to kind of hang out for the rest of the time that we have here together. Verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. He's going to explain it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the seed of the gospel, right, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. So we see here that the soil is, is their heart. It's, it's people's hearts. This is what was sown along the path. This path is a hard, compacted type of soil that the seed just rests on. And Pastor Casey said it last week, the wind comes, blows it away, birds come and eat it. It doesn't take root. And as for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, account of the, uh, on account of living that life, okay, living for Jesus, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Why don't people receive the seed of the word? The first thing is because of hard hearts, hard hearts. Now, many of us in this room, we either in our own lives at one point were very, very hard, very hard. And maybe we had people in our family or friends witness to us or testify to us or try to tell us about Jesus and we mocked them right? We stiff-armed them, whatever the case is. I love my parents, their story, whenever they were uh, back in the, the 70s and stuff, they would turn on Christian TV and they would mock the Christian TV preachers, you know? Now, depending on who it was, they maybe needed to be mocked, you know? It's, I mean, that's, that's something, you know, it depends, you know? <laughs> if you give $500 today, you'll be healed. Oh, what's that? and you'll have a special mansion in heaven. <laughs> anyway, I'm not talking about those guys, but um, <laughs> some of them maybe needed a little bit of mocking. However, their whole mentality was just, that is so stupid. Like Christianity is such a joke. Look at these idiots. You know what I'm saying? Hard hearts. Many of you, that's what it looks like. For some of you, that's what's going on right now. You're sitting there and like, look at this guy up there saying this old book that doesn't mean anything anymore. Hard hearts. And what happens is that seed, that good seed of the word goes out and it lands like on concrete and it sits there and it does nothing. Why? Because the soil of that person's heart is not ready. They're not willing. It's not tilled up. It's not ready to receive the word of God. And so therefore nothing happens. And we live in a world nowadays where 
the, the soil of people's hearts is very hard. There's, y'all listen, we live in such a cynical world. Our culture is ultra cynical, ultra uh, critical. And so people are, are not trusting of anybody or anything. And for many people, especially if it's a, it's a religion that has decades or centuries, centuries of history attached, and, and there's just this hard, hard, there's this question and question and question and, uh, and this criticism and this deconstruction mindset that's built into us. And so we live in a very hard culture. And it's always been hard, okay? People that are uh, against God when it comes to this, they're always hard. But when, when young people, you're raised up in a culture to be ultra cynical, it even becomes a little bit more difficult in regards to the seed and falling on soft hearts. There's not a lot of soft hearts. There's a lot of people who are in search of spirituality. Don't get me confused with that. They're, they're open for a lot of different religions or there's this Unitarian mindset. There's this all, you know, all roads lead to the same God. People are open for that because that's very inclusive and all these other words that are, you hear going around. However, this seed of the gospel is not that. The seed of this gospel is Jesus <laughs> and only Jesus. He is the doorway to the kingdom of heaven. It's very exclusive in regards to that. Okay, now everybody, it's, the seed is, man, it's fallen on every type of soil. But it's very specific in regards to how we, how that seed grows and how we believe in it. So anyway, there's, there's hard hearts and those hard hearts that hard soil must be tilled up. And many times that process looks like brokenness, breaking. For many of you who I just described, you can look back and you, you can see how the Holy Spirit began to break up that fallow ground, that hard ground in your heart. And where it used to be a mocking and it used to be the cynical mindset, all of a sudden there was a moment where you said, actually, maybe there's some truth to that and all of a sudden it was like you know like that that that, that ground kind of went like a little a little bit of a crack you know what i'm saying the holy spirit is what does the is who does the the the, the breaking up of our hearts and and for believers whenever you're dealing with people who have hard hearts i want you to know that you are not in and of yourself a, you know, like a pickaxe to just berate people and to break up their fallow ground. And your finger pointed in their face isn't really the thing that does that, okay? The Holy Spirit will use you in people's lives, but God has his way of, of softening people's hearts and, and, and bringing them to a place, working in their hearts, bringing them to a place where they decide yes or no. The Holy Spirit instigates that. We don't. He may use us, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's God's plan, okay? And so we're submitted to, to that. So there's hard hearts. And uh, honestly, some people just don't respond because they're not ready. So what do you do? You pray. You live right in front of them and you pray for them. Okay, some of you today, you got hard hearts. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. Can't force you to believe. It won't be real. 
You know what I'm saying? By the way, with your kids, don't force your kids in, into believing in Jesus. Don't force them. Don't force feed. Love them. Show them the grace of God in the way that you discipline them, in the way that you forgive them. Point things back to Christ. You, they'll get it. They'll get it. Live it in front of them. Prioritize the kingdom of God. It's hard. I know it's hard. I got an 11-year-old. I'll know how hard it is in about seven years. And I'll be able to say, yeah, oh, man, that's 15-year-olds. Dear Jesus, help us, Lord. You know? I was in youth ministry for many years, though, and it's like, whew. But stay faithful. Keep loving them. Right? The next thing, though, why don't people receive this, the word of God? The next thing is shallow hearts. Shallow hearts. Come on, excited at first, but then the hard things happen and they lose sight of the kingdom of God. Uh, I've always called these, these Christians, um, and, and I don't mean to sound, you know, sarcastic or whatever, but it's kind of like I've referred to it as bottle rocket Christianity. Come on, y'all. It's like, I got saved. I'm on fire. Everything changes. And then six months later, you'd never see him again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You lit the fuse. Whoa! They're gone. <laughs> what happened? You got really excited. But they were shallow. Their soil was shallow. It was, it was shallow. You guys ever driving on the interstate and, and all of a sudden you see like a giant corn stalk like growing out the side of the road? You know, like on a bridge or something like that. It's like, what is that giant tree doing growing? Well, it's growing. It looks really good. It's, it's going to die. It's got no root system. It's got nowhere to go. It's shallow. And that's this is what Jesus uses as the picture for us. There's some seed that falls on shallow ground. And it, and it blows up and blows out. Maybe that's been some of us. Come on, different seasons. Fired up. I can't get enough of the presence of God. You know? But here's the deal. If there's, if there's only experience and there's no doctrine, then you have no root system. And what I see is there's a lot of people who get caught up in the experience of God but they don't get caught up in the, in the they, they don't receive the knowledge of God. They don't, they don't have both and, they have either or. And so because the, when the experience kind of runs out, well, I guess this whole thing's fake. The relationship doesn't really exist. It's what happens in marriages, okay? Come on, y'all. Dating, honeymoon, wee! Finances, bills, you know, kids, work, bad breath in the morning, Ugh. Let down. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Shallow hearts. <laughs> Excited at first, but then hard things happen. And the two things that Jesus uses is trials and persecution. God is so good. Things are so good. God is so good. Things are not so good. God is sort of good. Things are getting worse. God, I think, is getting worse. Things are bad. God is bad. You know what I'm saying? Quit. I'm out. Why? Complete misunderstanding of the word of God, the nature of God, the character of God, and how God works. And this is running rampant in, in the American church. This idea that, like, everything's up and to the right all the time. And it's just not. 
In the last two weeks, we've had a couple of worst case scenarios in our church, people that attend our church. Death, tragic death, hard, hard things. Life-altering, hard things. And you know, what's always, um, I guess, fascinating about, about kind of the way that we work as humans is like, if I've been doing good or if I'm doing good, then good things should happen. But it's really tough whenever I'm doing good or I'm, I'm being good and then bad things happen. Because we have this exchange mentality, this transactional mentality. The kingdom of heaven is not about those types of transactions. We live in a broken world. And so trials come, and if we don't have that root system, theological understanding of who God is, if we don't study God correctly, if we don't know God correctly, then we misinterpret trials and we say, well, either God doesn't care about me, I'm doing something wrong, and all of those things, they don't work, it's just not, it's not helpful. Trials happen, persecution happens. Jesus said, you're gonna endure tribulation, you're gonna endure persecution. Jesus, the greatest leader, brother, friend, pastor, the, the greatest of all of those things, Jesus Christ himself, his family turned on him. Some of his family turned on him. His friends, uh, you know, uh, gossiped and eventually killed him, you know. Uh, uh, his, his, his followers quit on him. His, his he, great leader, they all left whenever he was out the picture and gave up on his mission. Like Jesus, come on. That's why if you're always waiting for the, the perfect environment or the perfect person to be whatever, just remember that Jesus was all of those things and it still wasn't good enough for some. Okay, so come on. And by the way, if you're on the other end of that and people are always expecting you to be perfect and all that kind of stuff, just remember that, that people expected perfection out of the perfect one and it still wasn't perfect enough. And so we gotta take the pressure off a little bit there. But Jesus says there's gonna be persecution. If Jesus was mocked, we're gonna be mocked. Come on, y'all. Don't be surprised whenever you, know, you live a certain way at work and, uh, and people despise you for it. Don't, don't be surprised whenever your friends quit calling you because you just don't do what you used to do. You know what I'm saying? Don't be surprised. Be, grace, be gracious in it, but at the same time, don't be shocked. I can't believe that they would, man, you're following Jesus. Following Jesus. So there's, there's hard hearts, shallow hearts, excited at first, trials, persecution come in and, and, and just choke out the word, okay? Choke out that seed and that seed begins to fail. Third thing is distracted hearts. Now, this one right here, for many of us, this is, this is the one that currently can really, this is one that is a variable from, I think, from week to week right here. Because, by the way, the, the seed of the word, it's not a one-time thing. There's the initial seed of the word that comes and, and uh, there, salvation, but there's a whole lot of little, there's like fertilizer, if you will, almost, right? You know what I'm saying? There's, a, there's an upkeeping of the heart. And right here, when he talks about distracted hearts, it's the seed that's among thorns, and it's the one hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes out the word and it proves unfruitful unfruitful this is so important y'all for these types of hearts life just gets in the way and causes them to be unproductive in the kingdom of god life just gets in the way 
It's not sin necessarily that gets in the way. It's not worst case scenario that gets in the way. It's just the calendar. It's the deceitfulness of riches. It's the pursuit of wealth. It's the advancement in your life, right? Young people, it's the idea that your career or your future career is king. It's the idea that I will sacrifice everything in my life in order to make a certain dollar amount because that's my purpose. The deceitfulness of, it comes in many forms, okay? That, that, that relationship that you just, I mean, I have been praying for someone to come into my life and they're here and they're just so good looking. Yeah, they do hate God. There, I mean, there's that. <laughs> just a small thing. We'll work that out later, you know? I'm really praying for them. You know, but you know down deep inside that that is a thorn. It's a thorn. But it, it's like, man, it's so good. It's a distracted heart. It's a heart. It's a person that it's almost like Peter, right? When he's, he gets out the boat and he's going after Jesus and he's looking at Jesus in the water and he's walking on the water. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and then he sinks. It's the distracted heart. And life is just very distracting, y'all. I literally, this week, uh, 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 this morning actually, I was thinking, praying a little bit, and, and I was thinking about this past week. And I'll just be honest with you. I was like, Lord, I really did not, I was very distracted this week. I did not really, like truly in a real way, like I, don't, I didn't spend enough time with you. I didn't, like, this was not a good week in regards to that. Is that okay for me to be honest here today? I was very distracted. I mean, bad, I wasn't doing bad things. I was with the family, I was just all over, but it was just like, I mean, I'm studying for a sermon and I'm, 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 I'm in it, but I'm talking about the personal side. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just me, I'm like, man, I, I just feel like I'm dis, I was distracted this week in my heart. You know, by the way, that's, that's what the beautiful thing of, of coming together like this is. Is you get in an environment like this with other people, you get encouraged, you, you worship, you, it's, everything's put, like it, it's hard to like be scrolling through Facebook whenever we're all standing together worshiping Jesus. It's easy to scroll through Facebook sitting on your couch watch, watching, through, watching online, watching other people worship. But um, sorry, sorry, come on. Okay, okay, all right. How many of you, other than my parents, because they have no kids in the house and they've got a wonderful room with surround sound, a big old 85-inch TV, and they can worship the Lord in the room? <laughs> it's so good. You're in your living room at church at home. The music's playing. You're not on your knees like, oh, yes. Lift up a holy sound. Lord, thank you. What you're doing is you're getting a refill and coffee. You're just trying to get your kids to stop jumping all over the couch and landing on you. It's kind of, it's, it's a very distracting environment, okay? Anyway, we're having fun. We're, just, we're having fun today. <laughs> but uh, distracted heart, what does it look like in your life? What does it look like whenever you've lived a distracted week or distracted month or distracted year or distracted lifetime, Right? Where the things of life, the good things of life even. I know thorns and all this are so very negative. Man, y'all look, sometimes it's the fun stuff 
It's the fun stuff. We're having such a fun time. So good. Things are so fun, fun, fun. Fun, 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 fun. <laughs> it's so fun, I forget to like pray. She's, I'm having so much fun that I have not helped anyone in the last six months. It's because it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So much fun, I just literally see no one else except me. It's just a really fun, fun life. It's distracted. <laughs> I'm distracted. And Jesus says, these types of soils, okay, it causes us to be unproductive. Now, one thing I want to say is this before I go to the next point is this. If the enemy, enemy can't destroy you, we always talk about the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we think of that, we think of physical death, we think of sickness, we think of financial ruin, we think of broken families, we think of whatever the worst case is for you, that's what we think. But, but if the enemy can't or doesn't do those things, the next best thing and long-term, the equally as uh, of, uh, fruitful thing for the enemy is to keep us unproductive. And so if he can't kill you, it's keep you on the chair here and keep you very unproductive in the kingdom of God. Just keep you in mediocrity. Just keep you in compromise. Just keep you in a place that as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, you don't actually do anything about that. You don't do anything with that. You just stay like just in your like one by one little box and just keep you completely unproductive. And eventually that has its own ramifications in the kingdom. Guys, when it comes to um, um, the, the birth rate, in different countries. Like that's a, that's a thing that is tracked is how many babies are being born in, in a country. And a country must continue to have babies at a certain rate to be sustainable economically, just literally if people are alive, okay? That, it, that it's a growing country. And there's some countries where nowadays they've gone the other route. They're not having enough babies. And in the next 50 years, 100 years, their whole economy is probably gonna collapse. Their whole entire country is gonna collapse because they're not having enough kids. So when it comes to the body of Christ, oh man, look at this room. Look at this room of people right here. This is nice. It feels good. It's good. But here's the deal. If we are not reproducing ourselves, and I don't mean that just like having babies, I mean, spiritually speaking, if we're not making disciples, if we're not going and doing the work of the ministry, if there's not growth in a regard, eventually this dies out. It happens in little local churches all the time. They get very inward focused and eventually it's depleted. There's nothing but gray hairs, right? Now I love gray, gray hairs. We had fun. We went and had some Mexican food the other night with some gray hairs. It was good. We had a good time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Honestly, we had more exciting conversations than sometimes when I'm with younger people. It's just like, yeah, it was good. It was fun. This is a place for the old and the young. However, come on, y'all know, let's do the math. There has to be a mixture. There has to be a diversification of, of ages and the old and the young together. And, and Jesus is speaking to that type of mindset as well of, of reproduction in the kingdom of God. And so I'm talking, you know, take this for, for you. 
Are you being productive in the kingdom of God? Are you a, 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 in the society we'd say, are you a productive citizen in America? Do you have a job? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Are you, are you bettering the, the world that we live in, in the church, in the kingdom of God? Are you that in the kingdom of God? So what happens a lot of times is there's a lot of people who show up in, in a, an environment like this, but um, they never cross over into actually being productive in that environment. And that can look a lot of different ways. We'll actually get to a couple of those in a second. Um, and, you know, the kingdom of God hurts when that happens. But do you understand that you hurt when that happens? That you individually, to come to an environment like this, to be a part of the body of Christ, but to not be an active part of the body of Christ, you're missing out on so much richness in following Jesus, and you don't even know it. You know one of the most fulfilling things that you could do as a Christian is to help other people learn how to follow Jesus? Nothing compares as a believer in regards to being productive in what we're talking about. Sitting in a room with someone who maybe they don't know about the Bible, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're just consumed in their issues, and to be able to communicate the gospel and to give them hope from the word of God and see the, the, the bitterness or the fear or whatever the enemy has, has sown in their life begin to be removed. That's what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to help you break up fallow ground. And people never get to that point. And so all they get with living in the kingdom is this right here. And man, this is fun. This is good. We're gonna continue to do this, but there's just more. You with me? So what does it look like for someone to have good soil? Someone who actually hears and understands. Wrap up with this verse. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. Basically, that seed falls on good soil, it takes root, it grows, and some plants produce a lot, some produce not so much, and some produce not as much, but not in regards to like, ooh, 30-fold's bad. No, 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 no. Everybody has different capacities for different things, okay? And so what happens for some people, they think that what I'm doing right now is the 100-fold. They think that that's like, this is, this is like the pinnacle of Christianity, which it's not, okay? They think that this is the pinnacle, and so they see themselves as like 30-fold or less because they're not doing like maybe this, this visible type of thing. Y'all, this is not what I'm doing. For, this is not the pinnacle of what it looks like for someone to be a hundredfold. Take that, I say that because for some people growing up in church, it always, you might've heard that a lot. Like, like man, if I, man, if I feel called, and so that's what that means. No, not necessarily. We're all called to ministry. Every single one of us. There's some people here who a hundredfold when it comes to prayer and intercession, you don't even know their name but they, they, they prop this church up spiritually by their prayer. You know, you wouldn't know them though. They're here every Sunday before you even walk in the room. They walk through all these seats and they prayed. They prayed during the week. You don't know it. Prayer, ministry, small groups. There's, there's, there's group leaders in our church that have been leading groups for decades. And guess what they're still doing? Sowing seed, they're still... They're still, they're still serving. 
Why? Because they understand this. Good, good soil, come on, good seed needs good soil, right? And, and we're going to continue to sow seed on every type of soil. But man, come on, it takes work. It takes work to be productive in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is talking about the soil. Good soil is what causes the seed to produce fruit. A good heart hears, understands, and responds to the word of God and produces results. What are those results? What are the, what's the fruit that we're talking about? It's simply this. Number one, fruit of repentance. There's fruit of repentance, meaning there's results in your life of the word of God sinking into your heart and bearing fruit that looks like you don't live like you used to live. You used to sleep around, now because of Jesus and his word and, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life, you don't sleep around anymore because you've got something better than that, right? You used to lie, cheat, steal, all that kind of stuff. And because of, because of the, the filter of the word of God and his sanctification process in your life, the fruit that's bearing in your life is, yeah, I, don't, I just don't do that anymore. And if I do, I repent. I, I, I confess that I repent. Repentance. Repentance simply means this. I'm going this way. And now I'm turning in the way that I think and act and I'm going this way. I used to do these horrible things. I used to treat people this way and, and now I don't. Why? Not just because of behavior modification, because I am being transformed into something new. I'm a new creation. I desire different things. My will has changed. My mind, will, and emotions, my will, what I desire, the, the deep part of me, what I want to do, is, is changing to what God wants me to do. And that's a lifelong process, but it's still the repentance from sin, repentance from the things that, that hurt God, you know, that, that break his heart, man. Number two, fruit of the spirit. What's the results of being a good soil with, with the, the seed taking root? Fruit of the spirit. Of, it's a byproduct of being connected to the vine, who's Jesus. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5. The last thing, fruit of, of uh, Jesus, the, the, the fruit that Jesus is speaking of, is the fruit of being a disciple who makes disciples. A disciple, a follower of Jesus, who is involved in helping others become disciples. And this right here is the outward flow. This is the, see the other thing, repentance of sin, personal, okay? Fruit of the spirit in your life, personal. Being a disciple who's actually in people's lives, helping other people learn how to follow Jesus, it's not so personal anymore. It's where you're giving of your life to others. Everybody's cool with the first two steps. I don't know if everybody's always cool with the third step. Right? Everybody was really supportive of the first two. <laughs> I'm not going to lie anymore. <laughs> hey, help people follow Jesus. Ooh, what is that? How's, how long is that going to take? I don't know if I have enough room in the calendar for, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I can fit that into my really tight Netflix schedule. I tell you. <laughs> I like to have fun with things that, um, 
really, I could, I could yell it at you. You know what I'm saying? The preachers, some of you today, you're not a disciple who makes disciples because you're on that Netflix all the time, <laughs> watching those demons. That's what you're doing. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I don't have to yell it because we know it. <laughs> you know it. Come on, man. We just... We just, we get it, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> we want to be disciples who make disciples. We want to be followers of Jesus who help other people follow Jesus. Come on, y'all. Let's just make it, let's just keep it simple. You don't have to be a theologian. But you know what's amazing? Is that as you begin to read the word and study it and help other people study it, you actually become a theologian. You might not have a thing on the wall in the office that says you're a theologian. There's a lot of theologians who don't have the, the, uh, the paperwork for it. But you do. What is that? A person who has studied the nature of God and understands the word of God and can communicate it to others and teach them. Jesus wants us to be like that, y'all. Over the next few, few weeks and, and the next few months, we're going to learn what that specifically looks like, what it looks like to understand why we believe what we believe, how we believe it, and, and to learn it so that we can help other people learn it and know it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the foundational things of our faith, salvation, come on, justification, sanctification. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about the Bible you know, we're going to talk about it in regards to reading it, how to study it, how we have the Bible that we have. We're going to talk about some of the technical things, the archaeological evidences and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk about what the Word of God does in us and through us. We're going to talk about mission. Come on, what it looks like to tell the people about Jesus. How do we do that? What are we equipped with? We're going to be looking at the foundational things. So everything that we talked about today, the seed of the Word, even today, the seed was thrown out there, and there's different types of soil, Okay, and over the next few months, we're going to talk about as we go, how do we throw out seed? How do we communicate the gospel? Y'all, I don't know if you know this or not, but like God has called you to be ministers of reconciliation, meaning that you would go with the gospel in hand, metaphorically speaking, you know, like, like in your heart, in you, and you would go and you would live it in front of others. You would pray for them. And when you have opportunity that you would, that you would find creative ways to, to bring them along in the journey to, to, to insert Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, hey, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, that's, that's how I think about that. You know, the Bible says this, bam. We're gonna learn that. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be exciting. But for us today, wrapping up, what kind of soil are you? Come on. What, what kind of soil? Are you hard right now? Is a, is a teaching like this, is it hard for you to receive? Is there, a, is there just like a rebuttal? Is there a, like just pushing back? There's like ah, defense mode. Is there a, uh, is, is there kind of like a shallowness? You know what I'm saying? Is there a shallowness where, where you receive the word on Sunday or, or so you have a conversation and then like two weeks later, it's gone, you know? Like nothing sticks. There's no conviction. It's just like, I, you have to come here to get pumped up right? Like, okay, I think I can live another week for God. And then like by Friday, you're just like, oh my God, God doesn't even exist, you know? Maybe it's a little shallow. Right? And there's hope. It doesn't mean that it's permanently shallow. It doesn't mean that you're permanently hard. There's not a permanence to all of this, by the way. For some of us, this is cyclical, man. Okay, shallow, 
What was the other one? It was, just, it was uh, distracted. I said, oh, hard, shallow. Yeah, there's only three. Distracted. <laughs> that was perfect, right? Well, let's, uh, what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> what's the last one? Uh, they said, squirrel. <laughs> Jeez. Man. <laughs> if you guys want to see a lot more of those types of moments, you can go ahead and subscribe to our podcast, Unscripted. It's, uh, yeah, we're, we're having some fun. It's, it's, it's coming. So anyway, a distracted heart. Again, it's not always the bad things. It's the good things. It's the fun things. Having fun. Having a lot of fun. But man, is it kingdom fun? Or is it your kingdom fun? You know? Now we're going to have fun in life, y'all. Hey, come on. We're not an anti-fun church. We have fun. Got to have fun in life. But you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a balance. Am I still, am, am, am I accomplishing the mission that God has me on? So let me pray for you. Let's pray that God would give us this, the eyes to see. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you for parables that you spoke that, that are simple, but yet so profound that we can read and we can understand and we can apply. God, right now, if we have a hard heart in different areas of our life or, or just as a whole, we're just, we're just hard. I'm praying right now that you would just begin to soften our hearts. We might be hard because it's been, there's been hard things that we've gone through in life. And so, God, we're like a rock. God, I'm praying that you begin to apply the word of God to our life, begin to soften us. For some of you, I just, I'm thinking when I think about hard things and it's been so long since you've cried, like you, even emotionally, you're just hard as a rock. Nothing gets in to you. you you're just complete defense mode. You're solidified, man. I'm just praying that God would begin to, to work on you. Soften their hearts, Jesus. All of us, Lord, the different parts of our hearts that have been so hardened by life. Help us, God. Help us to receive your word. For those that are shallow, Lord, for us, God, it's just stuff happens. Lord, we get excited about something, and then it kind of flakes out, or, or, or it's just by the end of the week, God, it's just where you go, we have shallow roots. Lord, I'm praying that you would begin to help us to understand who you are to a greater degree, that God, we would read your word and that we would grow in our understanding of you. God, that you can continue to transform us, not in, just, not in just what we're doing, but God, in what we want to do, transform who we are. God, for, for those who are distracted, for some of you, you know, you've been so distracted by good things, fun things, and today you, you really need to repent of it. You say, Lord, I have been having a lot of fun, but God, I have not been doing anything really that you desire me to do in regards to being a part of the kingdom. I've, it's all been about my kingdom, my thing. And God, right now, I pray that you open my eyes up to see greater things, to see your types of things, God, your, your kingdom. God, for all of us, let us be good soil. Help us to be good soil, fertilized, where the seed of the gospel can be uh, you know, put in our hearts and it can bear much fruit. God, help us to be fruitful in your kingdom. God, that we would be 30, 60, 100, that you would show us what it looks like in our life to be fruitful financially, relationally, whatever it is, familially. God, help us in our career. What does it look like for us to be fruitful in your kingdom? God, give us kingdom ideas. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time together. Thank you for this church, Lord, that you put us in a place where good soil. In Jesus' name, amen.